0: You're listening to Tap into the Truth.
1: My name's Joe Biden. All of this is more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president.
2: the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. You're Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. All the unions always ask for is made on foreign shores. There'll come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned.
0: Damn you, when hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever so humble and you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I am coming to you from beautiful, lovely, sunny, and most importantly, historic Roan County, Tennessee, and glad to be here with you. All right, let's uh, jump right into things because it is a busy Sunday. First and foremost, have had a series of technical Uh, and logistical issues that will prevent us from having our usual conversation with Ron Edwards at this point. But we will get caught up with him. And for a change, I'm actually doing today's show before uh, my visit with him on his show on Sunday. But for those of you that are listening to the live broadcast, I'm sorry, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country, you know, stations like KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, well, the time of this broadcast, it is February 20th. It is 2022, and it's around 2 p.m. Eastern. So you guys can adjust your time zones accordingly. So we've got breaking reports right now. So we'll start with that before we get into today's plan topics. Uh, breaking uh, right now. Russian military has received orders now to proceed ...with the invasion of Ukraine, at least according to this report. Uh, Taking a quick look at this uh, story, it says that Russian military forces have reportedly received orders from Russian President Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine. At least this is according to a new report uh, based on U.S. intelligence. Quoting here, the President was very clear that he is convinced by u s intelligence that this invasion will happen, and that President Putin decided to do it. It's according to cBS news and uh you know, the question is how can we be certain now the uh the response here to that certainty is because the intelligence says that the Russian troops have actually received orders now to proceed with the invasion. So not only are they moving up closer and closer to the border into these attack positions, but the commanders on the ground are making specific plans for how they would maneuver in their sector of the battlefield. Now, I'm sorry, isn't this just called being prepared. Don't you game these things out ahead of time? Isn't this essentially the same thing they've been doing for the last couple of weeks now? My bigger concern here when it comes to the invasion and whether or not it's imminent has a lot to do with the fact that the end of the scheduled joint exercises in Belarus has passed. We're beyond the deadline. and We get news today that there has been an extension of those operations. Why would you do that? Maybe it's just to continue to put pressure on Ukraine. Maybe it's just to continue to put pressure on Europe and the United States, hoping to get some type of concessions. Or maybe it is what you were doing as you had some type of informal agreement with Xi Jinping uh, of China after the meeting at the beginning of the Olympics that you wouldn't make a move until after the Olympics for all intents and purposes were done. And of course, that's just me over here in the conspiracy corner because I I mentioned then when they uh, had this little uh, one-on-one meeting in private that that was probably a topic. I say this because I'm just somebody who's been paying attention to politics for a while, and we know that China doesn't want to go after Taiwan until after the Olympics were over. But you see, the thing is, today being February twentieth, twenty twenty-two, time of the live broadcast is the day that the Olympics come to a close. It's done. It's over. Finite. I was telling my wife yesterday uh, when we were talking that I would be surprised, quite honestly, if something didn't happen on the border that at least set the stage for full-blown military action, a live skirmish of some point uh, before the end of this weekend. And uh, based on this intel report, it's kind of looking like at least the United States wants it now. I'm also going to hang a second in the conspiracy corner for two things. Number one, we know that there is a relationship between former Ukrainian president and the Biden crime family. We know that there was actions taken. We know that there was money that changed hands. So the question here is, how many of... How many of Hunter Biden's paintings does the Ukrainian government need to buy in order to gain some level of protection from Joe Biden? Is that a good question? No, it's a meme I saw, but I thought it was funny. Here's the real thing. Because of the previous administration in Ukraine, does the current administration of Biden and said family perhaps not gain should any evidence – of that relationship with the previous Ukrainian government, uh, if that evidence doesn't somehow vanish, disappear, get lost, damaged, destroyed during a full-blown invasion? Is there a vested interest in the Biden family of a personal nature that maybe doesn't boil to the surface as to why they might just want Russia to invade Ukraine and not just take parts of Ukraine, like would be strategically useful to Russia, like we've discussed on previous broadcast here, but perhaps go ahead, because if you've been paying attention to the story, you have heard a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of discussion, a whole lot of speculation that it would be so easy right now if if you're going to go take the parts that we know they want, just to go ahead and take the capital while they're at it. What would be The value of that for Russia, Uh, very little, unless it's just symbolic. And there are some symbolic reasons why today would be a good day to initiate that attack. There are some symbolic reasons why the rebuilding, the full official acknowledgement of the rebuilding of the former Soviet Union would be good to occur in the next few days. Today would be just as good as any other, as far as that's concerned. But with all that symbolism aside, which I'm pretty sure actually is playing a part in this, ultimately, U.S. troops are currently in harm's way because we do have former soviet uh, influence states that are part of NATO. And we have sent U.S. military forces into NATO allies that are along the borders of Ukraine. If things get a little carried away things could go south in a hurry. Some of those NATO allies have actually signed uh, aid agreements with the current Ukrainian government. Things could get very sticky in a hurry if they honor those agreements to the point of offering military assistance. This is the kind of little trigger point that could... Start off a world war, and I'm not trying to hit the panic button here. I don't think that that's what would happen in this instance. But it is certainly possible, especially if there are forces behind the scenes that believe it's time for a reset of some kind, perhaps even a great reset of some kind. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah, I am hanging out in the conspiracy corner a little bit today. I admit it. But I think it's a legitimate concern. I think it's something that you should be prepared for. I think it was part of the plan why on day one, the first day of the installment of Operation P-Pads and Knee Pads, we immediately lost our energy independence and why Biden sent... Kamala Harris to Germany in an effort to try and, well, our own border czar seems incapable of visiting our southern border. But at least she got to check off her bucket list visiting Europe, because that was her glib excuse at the time. Well, I haven't been to Europe either, blah, blah, blah. Well, now you've been to Europe, Kamala. Will you finally go to our southern border? Is it going to matter at this point? I'm kind of thinking it might not. Because I'm kind of thinking that the damage is already being done instead of running around and begging and pleading with other oil-producing nations around the world to try to keep our energy costs low, why don't we uh, just tell the really, really loud children in the corner, you know, all the green whiners, that right now the adults need to be in charge. We're going to reestablish our energy independence so that not only will this not affect our energy costs, but we can actually get those back down. And that a lot of the inflationary forces we're fighting right now will almost instantly go away. Not all of them, but a huge percentage. Better than 50%. Our current financial issue in our economy didn't start off with the inflationary giveaways that our government did. Those did not help. But they started with the loss of energy independence. At that point, those inflationary giveaways became far greater exaggerated and exacerbated. And then when Biden followed up with even more, because yes, even though I hate to have to say it, those governmental giveaways started under Donald Trump. A lot of politicians felt like they they didn't have a choice. We needed to do something to help the American people since we did an artificial shutdown of our economy. And when it comes right down to it, if you're going to take American taxpayer dollars and start giving it back to American taxpayers, I'm okay with that. The problem is you still wanted to do all the other spending too, didn't you? And then Biden followed it up with more giveaways and more giveaways, all hyperinflationary movements. A big portion of why we are hurt so badly, both and the private sector and at home with our personal budgets has to do directly with the cost of energy. If we could reestablish energy independence, get our prices back down, that would go a long way towards solving that issue. And then it doesn't matter quite so much what happens in Ukraine, except, of course, to the Ukrainians. And I'm not saying we should just turn a blind eye, but I do know that for a lot of people here... They don't understand why we should be involved. I even had multiple conversations with Ron Edwards about why it is that uh, perhaps it's the Ukraine Ukrainians that are the bad guys in this situation. I'm There are reasons he feels that way that I cannot debunk. I don't necessarily uh, want to say that uh, they are without blame, but I don't want to say that they're the aggressor here either because I honestly believe – that Vladimir Putin is doing exactly what he wants to do and he sees the installation of the Biden regime as a great opportunity, just like they do in China. Just like the reason that Taiwan is going to be targeted very, very soon, possibly before the end of next week. It's because Biden is so weak and because Biden has very little interest in actually fighting back against these movements, these efforts. The shadowy folks behind the shadows who may or may not be pulling some of these strings. At the very least, they believe that these things are good for their agenda. So make no mistake about it. This is part of what they're looking to do. All right. Before we get uh, to the halfway point of the first hour, I've got to shift gears right now. And that's enough of this breaking story. Friday... I would have went ahead and done a uh, broadcast Friday night, a special bonus broadcast, except that I was expecting to record a sit-down conversation with Ron Edwards to have as part of today's broadcast. One of the topics that we would have been talking about, and a topic that I would have picked up then, except for having run into these technical issues, was the topic of uh, Trudeau taking that next step. See, we talked about in the previous broadcast, Tyrant Trudeau. In fact, I called the broadcast title that for the purposes of the podcast. Tyrant Trudeau. Talking about how he took the next step. The next step, Friday, in his ascension to being acknowledged by the Canadian people as Emperor Trudeau. Which, of course, he had declared himself last Monday. That's what we were talking about on our last time together with me behind this microphone, you and I, me talking to you, you listening, perhaps saying something back, perhaps even some of you sending me messages. That next step, of course, was to lay the smack down. This Canadian protest, the Freedom Convoy, it was noisy. It was inconvenient. It did block some streets. It did cause some issues with transporting goods and services. All these things are true. But it did not elevate itself to the point of being... What's, what's the good word? It didn't elevate itself to being an actual trigger event for these emergency powers that Trudeau instituted and gave himself this past Monday. We talked about that, too. But we saw a lot of police officers, particularly in Ottawa, who decided that they were down to clown. They were ready for action. They wanted their chance to go out. Some of these folks probably felt like they should have been allowed to do the things to the Canadian truckers, thought they should have been allowed to do the same things to the BLM protesters the year before, and they finally got to unleash some of that pent-up rage brought out batons, batons beating people, pushing people, brought out the rubber bullets, shot a rebel news reporter in the leg with a rubber bullet, a rebel news reporter who was doing nothing but being there present and reporting on the situation. Of course, the Canadian government had already made it quite clear they didn't want journalists down there at ground zero. Now, why would a so-called Western civilization, a so-called freedom-loving Western nation, be concerned about keeping reporters away from the actual scene of events. Unless, of course, they simply don't want someone actually reporting on what's happening on the ground present as it happened. I can't think of another reason. Can you? Doesn't matter. If you haven't already seen that video by now, I highly suggest you go take a peek at it. Now, there's a few different versions of it. One is the actual footage from Rebel News. You don't get to see a whole lot of the action other than her. Uh, Once she is shot, all of a sudden the cameraman has a reaction because he was panning out. Somebody had dropped a gun, looked like it was one of the police officers. You see the police officer pick it up, and uh, then all of a sudden you hear the reporter screaming. She's in a lot of pain uh, and They don't start focusing on her until they've gotten her up and away from where the police are pushing the crowd back. But there are some other, other YouTube videos framing. And you're going to have to move quick because a lot of these are being pulled down about as quickly as they're being put up. YouTube is more than happy to comply with Canada's request to prevent this information from being distributed. So there's censorship of reporting what actually happened on the ground here. Is anybody else concerned about that kind of behavior in a so-called freedom-loving Western nation? Especially one that is so very close to the United States? Because if you're not concerned, at least a little bit, then clearly you're not paying very much attention. And I get it. I get not wanting to cloud your mind and and bury yourself with burdens and things that you can't change. I get it. But if you don't at least educate yourself, if you're not at least aware of what's going on, then you can't see it coming here until it's too late. You can't see it for what it is until it's too late. That should not be acceptable for Anyone who ever dines deigns to call themselves an American, you must keep yourself informed and you must be prepared to see fascism for what it is. Not some made up leftist idea of fascism. Oh well, you see, showing up to work on time that that's a very white supremacist mindset of you. That's just fascist. No. Now that's establishing an expectation. That's not fascism telling somebody that just because they're not happy with how you've chosen to protest, that they're not happy that you're protesting them, that that suddenly makes it an illegal protest? Despite the lack of violence, until, of course, violence was perpetrated by the police, oh, but they're claiming that's not the case. In fact, when this show is uh, syndicated into a podcast a little bit later, One of the places it gets syndicated to is YouTube. I'm pretty sure this one's going to get yanked down just because I'm telling you point blank with the footage that I've seen. Footage that you should have seen. Footage that you can still catch if you can catch it before it gets pulled back down because there are people that are still trying to post the truth about this. Clearly, it was police officers in Ottawa that instigated the violence against the truckers and the protesters. Clearly, it's the interim Ottawa police chief that's saying, yes, we are videotaping the people in these crowds because we're going to keep coming after you just for the terrible sin of having been there, perhaps just to see what's going on. Oh, we're going to identify you. We're going to prosecute you as a terrorist, an insurrectionist, an occupationist. We're going to freeze your bank accounts after the fact. They have cleared the streets now. There are only police officers Where there was once lines of truckers parked, protesting, people standing, Canadian lovers of liberty standing elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, standing up and screaming the horrible, terrible, terrorist phrase of freedom. Trudeau has flexed his tyrannical muscle. He has demonstrated to the Canadian federal legislature that he is indeed the true emperor. He's going to claim this to be a victory. He's going to claim it to be a victory for those who love free Canadians everywhere, when in fact this is the opposite of that. These vaccine mandates are an overreach of governmental authority anywhere in the Western world. Convincing the people in all these nations of that is a completely different story and good luck. But the good news is everywhere you look around the globe, those nations, those Western nations at the very least, the ones that once upon a time did believe in the ideas of liberty— that people should be free. The people are over the bovine excrement. They're they're tired of the cow guano. It's over. But you see, there's an issue with letting it be over, and it's not just about the control either. It's also about the money, isn't it? We now have Pfizer that is trying to bring to uh, phased testing their versions of the omicron jab it's not having any effect in the earliest testing it shows no effect it's it's as effective as the earlier covid-19 injectable therapeutic that they now want to call a vaccine because they changed the definition of vaccine because they want people thinking it's a vaccine and not just a therapeutic, which anybody who understands the difference knows that that part of the explanation doesn't matter much. But the vaccine is a word that more people are more comfortable with because You can also very easily just say that anybody who's against the vaccines are anti-vaxxers, a a term that has existed for a while longer than the idea that they should change the definition of the word vaccine. They've also tried to change the definition of the phrase anti-vaxxer to mean anybody who also opposes governmental vaccine mandates. In other words, you could be triple, even quadruple vaxxed yourself right now, but just believe the government shouldn't be telling anybody jack to do it. It's my choice. Let me take control of my medical choices. If you're somebody that falls into that category, you're an anti-vaxxer now, even though you're not against vaccines. Very 1984-ish, isn't it? (laughs) Not that we haven't already been living in 1984 for a while now. And I mean the novel from George Orwell, not the year 1984. I know some leftist somewhere is going to go, Did you hear that? Tim said he thought it was 1984. <laughs> what a dumb guy. Read a book, you dweeb. Read a freaking book. That's unbelievable. And again, I, I I was saying before that We're going to see Trudeau and company double down, quadruple down, and they did. They brought out the big guns. They used fear and tyranny to squash the true voice of Canadian liberty. And it looks like they may have won. They've cleared the streets. There haven't been any more counter-protests. If they're going to do it, they're going to have to do it quickly. Because the bad part is is they're also planning a Freedom Convoy right here. And we've already started hearing the announcements because earlier today they started talking about how they're putting the barbed wire fences back up at the White House. And probably will do so uh, over at the Capitol too. You know, because of the expected upcoming protests. What a crazy, crazy time we're living in. All right, it's really really close to that mid-hour. So, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break and then we will approach today's next topic. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap into the Truth.
1: My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president.
3: In 1941, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, only 3.8% of babies born in the United States were born to unwed mothers. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. During my formative years growing up in Cleveland, my dad spoke of the importance of fully intact families. In fact, he believed that the United States would only be as strong as her families. I long ago came to the conclusion that Dad's belief in the importance of strong families for the stability of our republic was spot on. Today, our one-time envy of the world nation is suffering the impact of over 40% of children being born into one-parent homes where fathers are not present. If this trend is not reversed very soon, our days as a great, powerful nation will be over. The Saul inspired leftists, along with their foreign friends like... The Chinese are celebrating this troubling trend that could help render our beloved nation unable to sustain herself or defend herself from enemies, both foreign or domestic. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to Blue Ridge coffee Crafters.com.
0: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America.
4: Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-4800 vet. That's 877-424-3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your Veterans Tip of the Day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day.
0: thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I am, of course, your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and this is Tap into the Truth. Thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate it, as always. Uh, before we jump back into things, got two real quick things I want to take up with you. Number one. If, for some strange reason, the world doesn't fall completely apart between now and summer, you might want to be working on that summertime bud. And you know what really would go a long way towards helping you with that? You know, if you're anything like me and have a incredibly powerful and persuasive sweet tooth, uh, there's a candy bar. Yeah, it's, it's a candy bar. I, I don't care what they say. I mean, they're calling it a protein bar. They're saying it's good for you and it's relatively low calorie. And, and based on... The uh, Based on the results I've been having since I've been snacking on them instead of my usual favorite candy bars, uh, my previous favorite candy bars, I should say, uh, maybe there is something to it. Maybe they're not completely making it up, but I'm still... Unconvinced? The taste is too good to believe that this is a protein bar. I'm, of course, talking about Built Bar. Uh, if you haven't tried them already, what the heck are you waiting for? Gonna ask you for a small favor. In the show description, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you'll be able to scroll down. You'll find the word Built Bar, and then out from there, there's going to be a very specific link. Now that link, it's gonna look a little weird for somebody that's that's going to Built dot com, uh, which of course is their primary website. And that's because I'm asking you to take a link that will let them know that I'm the one that sent you there. Uh, By virtue of doing that, you still get to find everything over at their website. You get to make purchases for the exact same price it would be. In fact, you can try it multiple ways uh, to see if anything changes. It's just, if you use the link that I put there, I get a small commission for you going there and making a purchase. But even if you don't make a purchase, they still are able to mark a lot of traffic coming from this site to their site. They know that this show still prevents, uh, prevents provides some value to their marketing efforts. So... Uh, it's it's a small, small favor I'm asking. Just copy the entirety of the link, not just part of it, but the whole link. I know that on some of the uh, platforms where you might listen to podcasts, that the link may actually be live at a partial level. And that, of course, will still take you there, but it will not take you in a form that lets them know that it was me that sent them. So, uh, you know, just uh, copy the whole link, as it is shown in the description, paste that in your web browser, and then go check out everything Bill Barr has going on. Now, the other bit of business that I would like to take up is also to remind you that coming up in July, we're going to have the uh, giveaway... The official giveaway of the new upcoming A.J. Rice book, The Woking Dead. I am going to put a link in today's show description uh, for the pre-order page. So, you know, just in case you want to take a look at it and see what it really is and see how much you want to get involved with that giveaway, uh, then that's great. But you also might decide from looking at that that you just don't want to wait. You may want to go ahead and place a pre-order. And hey, There's nothing wrong with that. Go ahead and place a pre-order, be ready, be one of the first people to have a copy of it, arrive at your house. And then if you are fortunate enough to be one of the giveaway winners from this show, that means you'll have an extra copy to do with as you please. Nothing wrong with holding one back in your library or putting one in a safe place or giving one to a, uh, as a gift to someone that you think would appreciate it or just someone you think might be highly irritated by it. I know sometimes I like giving some of my Jeanine Pirro books to, uh, to some lefties. It just really drives them nuts, but in a fun way. All right, so with those things, those two things out of the way, we'll get back into the action. Just please uh, visit uh, if you are... Listening via terrestrial radio, or if for some reason you just don't have time to copy and paste the links, uh, you also can visit tapintothetruth.com. That's T A P P, intothetruth.com. You can hit on the banner for Built Bar, and it'll take you there and work exactly the same as that link would, and that is fine. I have not yet put up the link to uh, the pre order page for The Woking Dead yet, but. I will be doing that sometime in the next few days. So uh, that also will be something available. And if you don't see it there on the home page near the top, because I'll put that one up near the top for you, since I know that some of you will be looking for that. Uh, if you don't see it there, that means I haven't done it yet. You can scroll down a little bit. I promised you, you shouldn't have to scroll down very far to find it. So if I haven't gotten to it yet, eh, sorry, uh, you're faster than, uh, than I can get stuff worked on. So anyway, uh, what do you say we get back to the show? And uh, the next thing I want to talk about and get to, at least in this first hour, is this whole uh, Quintez Brown situation. Uh, Quintez Brown, in case the name isn't ringing a bell for you, is the upcoming star in the leftist political activist game who evidently suffered some level of, well, mental illness. And this mental illness led him to disappearing for a little while, a few years back after all the pressure, of course, had mounted. He was part of an organization that uh, Barack Obama had sponsored. He had won awards. He had been on Joy Reid's show back when she was actually drawing a little bit of an audience. Of course, talking about common sense gun reform then, um, I mean, he, he seemed like a nice enough young man. He really did. Uh, well-meaning to, I'm sure, a a victim of the leftist propaganda. But you see, the problem is, if you're that easily swayed, if you fall into the the trappings of leftist thought and leftist ideology, well, then sometimes you find yourself in a position where you can be easily swayed by other, more prevalent, more destructive ideologies. I mean, he probably could have 50-50 flipped a coin and found himself, rather than buying into the black Hebrew nationalist ideology, might have found himself uh, being a militant about flat earth society. Or some other equally silly idea. I know, a lot of flat earthers are going to start sending me hate mail now. Sorry guys, but the earth is not flat. <laughs> Doesn't change the fact, though, that there are plenty of people that you fall into these Beliefs, And then you continue to demonstrate, much like the voters of New Orleans, who constantly keep voting for a certain type of candidate, keep putting them back in office, and then keep having to suffer under the yoke of their ideologies uh, – Since Mardi Gras has officially gotten underway, I was talking with Cajun just a little while ago. He's living in a town a good little piece away from New Orleans, and they're still there struggling with a great deal of runoff traffic, especially since a lot of people showed up and weren't allowed to engage in festivities because they didn't have their VAX passports or forgot to have their masks with them. So, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is affecting communities. But hey, you guys just reelected uh, the mayor there, so eh, you kind of get what you deserve. But the point is, some of these people continue to prove the old adage of there are none so blind as those who will not see. There are some people out there that no matter how great of a case that I was to make offering up facts, figures, and information, it's not going to change your mind. did not even matter if it's just me. There could be a hundred of us together. There could be a thousand, there could be a million of us. In fact, sometimes I think the more people that have bought on board with the facts and information to show and to clearly debunk one of these crazy ideas, the more tenacious they become at clinging to that idea. So there are none so blind as those who will not see. They choose not to acknowledge that things could be different, things could be better if they just would simply acknowledge That the Democratic Party, as it exists in the United States, is the party of tyranny and racism. They don't want to believe that because part of it means they'd have to admit they've been wrong for a long time. Smart people, truly smart people, part of what makes them smart is the ability to admit when they were wrong and to move on from that wrong assumption. But uh, Quintez Brown not only was this voice that got involved with these things and become evidently somewhat militant, uh, a lot of anti-Semitic nonsense showing up on his social media platforms, but he made an attempt to shoot a would-be primary candidate—actually, it is a primary uh, candidate—in the mayoral race for Louisville, Kentucky. Gentleman by the name of Greg— Greenberg happens to be Jewish, of course, we're not allowed to make that connection because this is a black guy who clearly could not be racially motivated. I mean, after all, just a couple of weeks ago, we were told by Whoopi Goldberg that uh, being Jewish isn't a racial thing, right? So now we have to accept that. So saith the queen of media, Whoopi, and all the leftist underlords just like Joy Behar, who swore she was going to continue to mask up uh, moving on, even though she's already been caught in public unmasked. I think that's, uh really tells you everything you need to know about the left, too. Uh, if it wasn't for the uh, actions of hypocrisy, uh, these leftists wouldn't do very much of anything. I have to be hypocritical. Now, this uh, Greenberg individual, He's challenging the Democratic mayor in the Democratic primary. Wants to be the next mayor of Louisville. This uh, Brown character, a, a young man who's is again was very active politically, was very involved with a lot of uh, youth-related political activities. Was a writer in the school newspaper was protected and defended by people that used to work side by side with him in their efforts to change the world and save America from those nasty conservatives. All this effort to try and excuse his behavior. See, he walked into the campaign office of Mr. Greenberg, and he started shooting. And thank God he was a terrible shot. Thank God nobody got hurt. But it was enough that I did a brief mention of this in the last uh, broadcast because not much information was known at that point. Part of the reason why I didn't get too far into it. But when I told you that the he got in pretty close to, to this guy and still only managed to, to put a hole in his sweater and didn't hit anybody else with the shots that were going on. I even uh, slid into the conspiracy corner for just a minute and wondered aloud, could this have been a setup to try to get some sympathy? I mean, it wouldn't be beyond the realm of political stunts. We've seen crazier things, right? Well, evidently, it certainly appears as if perhaps this guy legitimately is suffering from some level of, Of mental instability, which I would indicate at this point that Dr. Michael Savage has been correct about that for a long time. Modern political leftism, although he's still often referred to it as liberalism, I I don't think that's an appropriate title, uh, an appropriate label anymore. uh, Because again, liberals don't want to shut down speech. Liberals are all about self-expression and self-speech. You're not a liberal. You're just a leftist if you want to shut me up because I'm not agreeing with you. But it does look like the guy was fairly anti-Semitic. It's not likely he would have been working to try to help the campaign, although these folks would have worked really hard to cover that up if it was what they were doing. So, again, how cynical have I become, just to point that out? Sounds crazy. It is crazy. The guy seems to be crazy. But the craziest part of all of it is just less than 24 hours after young Mr. Brown was picked up, he was bailed out by the local branch of Black Lives Matter Incorporated. The, the United Bail Fund, uh, an arm of Black Lives Matter's Louisville, posted his bail Had him out of jail that quickly. And then instantly the attack was on for anybody that might have wanted to push back against why you would let this guy out on bail. Because this young man's suffering from mental illness. This young man is a victim. This young man, no matter how dangerous or how violent he might be especially towards someone that doesn't agree with his ideology. I mean, technically, this is a guy that falls within the same party that he was supporting previously. How much different could his beliefs be? Oh, yeah, forgot. There is that Jewish thing, isn't it? When you're an anti-Semite, it doesn't matter if the Jew agrees with you. He's still a Jew, right? Oh, wait again. I'm sorry. According to Whoopi, I'm not supposed to say that. I'm not supposed to recognize it. You're not supposed to recognize that. In fact, you shouldn't even know that. Let me go back and erase that whole part of uh, this broadcast. We're not going to air that. I'm taking it off the air. If you're hearing this accidentally, uh, then I assure you that it 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 was not intended to ever air. Wink, wink. (laughs) How funny is it that I have to say wink, wink? Wink, (laughs) wink. It's like the air quotes uh, constantly. But I think I've gotten pretty good at enunciating in a way that allows you to know when I'm putting the air quotes up, that that's about peaceful protest. Anyway. What does it really say about where Black Lives Matter is right now? I mean, last week we were also talking about how California, Washington State, And now Amazon has removed Black Lives Matter Incorporated, the organization, the international organization, removed them from their charitable platform. So you can no longer make contributions through Amazon. They've been told no more fundraising in California. They've been told no more fundraising in Washington state. I think you're going to see more places do the same thing. I think... Black Lives Matter Incorporated, as an organization, may be really, really close to the end of its life. Now, much like other, what's a good word, organizations, I guess, will you go with, because, you know, some of them are fairly well organized, some of them are basically just like Antifa. Yeah, yeah, we're as organized as the uh, guy's basement that we're in this week happens to be. I mean I guess you can call them an organization. some of them are very well organized, some of them not so much, but we'll we'll go with some of the other organizations will provide the blueprint for what happens with b l m incorporated, and that is they'll change their name uh they'll change a few people uh near the top, but those people that are near the top will will still be in close communications, although on the d l uh with the folks who were pulling the strings before that that's probably what's going to happen moving forward, because the movement is too important to let it die. Except for the fact that there's not really a movement here. They're just taking advantage of trying to manipulate people. They're trying to manipulate people by teaching them false histories like the 1619 Project. False histories like that we haven't made any progress in race relations since the days of slavery, that nothing has changed since before the Civil War. Uh, All these false narratives. And again, uh, I'm pretty sure we've covered this topic here, but the only reason they try to pull the thread of racism in this country is because they can't use the classism that they wanted to, that their original models prevailed like they could everywhere else in the world. Here in the United States, because of how she was founded, because of the principles she was built on and that the citizens of this nation have strove to put in place, class just doesn't hold out as a permanent barrier between people. Nowhere else in the world are you as free to move from one financial group to another. You can have upward mobility. You can have downward mobility. Other nations, other times in history, even currently in some parts of the world, you're born into a caste, and you are in that caste for life. It doesn't matter what your natural talents are. It doesn't matter what your abilities, what your, how much work you put in, how much effort you put in. None of that matters. If you're part of that caste. You're part of that caste for as long as you draw breath which is why that was the great divide in all the other nations that these leftists have been trying to to go through and divide and overturn and overthrow. But it didn't work in the United States, and it would never work in the United States, because even now, even today, you can talk about how systemic racism is holding people down, and I can point to you to dozens upon dozens of examples of multimillionaires, in some cases even billionaires, who just so happen to be black. Several examples of multimillionaires and billionaires who just so happen to be Hispanic. I would also say it uh, just happened to be Asian, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't use Asians as an example anymore. Asians are no longer people of color. You are now, congratulations, according to the left, dee, 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 white adjacent. And uh, most of the Jewish people, you guys are now white adjacent also. And of course, yeah, but on great authority, again, coming from Whoopi Goldberg, that you, you, you are just white, whether you realize it or not. That, that's it. You're just a bunch of white people. It's white people being mean to white people. What's that got to do with anything? White people, whites are the devil, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're told. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? That's the question I always keep coming back to. And there's only one answer. We keep teaching our own kids the truth. We keep pushing back against the falsehoods that skin color alone determines whether or not you're evil or good. That skin color alone determines the difference of whether you're oppressed or an oppressor. And we keep trying to fight the idea of a caste system in other parts of the world too because it's the exact same fight. There can be no freedom, there can be no liberty without upward mobility, period, because that's just a fact, one that we should embrace, one that we should, you know, encourage around the world, encourage governments to to give up caste systems, no matter how long and how Storied and vaunted the traditions may be, it has led to a great deal of unrest and unjust behavior. so what else can we do again? The answer is the same. Not only are we the ones who are going to have to step up to do the educating of ours and our own and then our friends and then anybody that'll listen. But we're also going to have to continue to just stay in the fight. It gets old. It gets tiring. It wears you down. And more and more every day, you find more wokeism showing up, and you find uh, the elite is still more than happy to lose billions of dollars in their social engineering products projects because they see uh, the "get woke, go broke" adage continuing to prove itself true, and they still will waste the money on that because they feel like it's a good, worthwhile cause, when in fact, some of them honestly do believe that they also are victims of the indoctrination, and then a good number of them simply believe that this is still how they win. Ultimately, this is how they win the battle. They win the war. They do away with all the good folks by convincing all the good folks that they're on the wrong side when they stand up for an old-fashioned idea like liberty when they stand up for an old-fashioned idea like freedom. And yes, there is a difference between the two. Liberty is far more important and far more difficult to attain because liberty is freedom with responsibility. You assume that responsibility. You become responsible for yourselves and those you choose to take responsibility for. Typically, your family. Sometimes it's a friend or two, or if you're in a good enough position in life, many. And good for you. Sometimes you'll start a business, and then you're taking responsibility for your employees as well, to a certain extent. But as you do these things, you understand that you are enjoying the blessings of liberty because you get to have a certain level of freedom, but you also have a certain level of responsibility. Now, responsibility falls on each and every one of us that wants to continue to enjoy the blessings of liberty because we must push back even when it feels like we 're doing so alone because that 's the ultimate goal that 's why trudeau 's chasing truckers out of the streets that 's why AOC is asking uh, why you want to date me when we say something critical about her that 's why each and every one of these leftists that are in a high position of prominence, say and do the things they do, they want you to think you're alone. They want to silence me because they don't want me to let you know that you're not alone. They want to silence Ann Eubelis. They want to silence Ron Edwards. They want to silence Don Smith. They want to silence Tucker Carlson. They want to silence Ben Shapiro. They want to silence Sean Hannity because those people, those are just a few of the people There's a lot of people. Candace Owens, Andrew Clavin, Jeremy Boring, the God King, over at the Daily Wire. So many people that want you to know you are not alone. Glenn Beck, Stupid Gear. Everybody over at the Blaze. Everybody that writes for the Blaze. Everybody that writes for the Daily Wire. Everybody that writes over at the Daily Caller everybody that works on independent shows, everybody that's in independent talk radio that brings you any conservative message at all, we are all trying to make sure that more than knowing the news, more than knowing what's happening behind the scenes, that you know, first and foremost, you are not alone. That's what they're fighting against. That's why they want to silence us. They want you to believe it's not cool to think like that Tim Tap guy. They want you to believe that it's dangerous to think like Ann Eubelis. They want you to think it's racist and white supremacist to think like Ron Edwards, even well, though Ron happens to be a person of color in their vernacular. They want you to believe all these things so that you will give up the fight. And then they don't care if you actually ever join them or not because, you know, they can. They can eliminate you. They can destroy you, literally or figuratively. They can do both. They don't mind. They don't care. They'll be more than happy to, in fact. Some of them a little happier about it than others. Some of them, again, honestly believe that uh, they're on the side of the good guys. They honestly believe that they're victims of the indoctrination, but it doesn't make them any less dangerous to those of us We're simply trying to tell the truth and make sure that everyone knows if you're conservative, if you believe in America or her ideas, then you belong someplace where you can enjoy liberty. All right, so that's going to have to be it for the first hour. Boys and girls, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with hour number two if you're listening to the podcast. And if you're listening on terrestrial radio... There's a really good chance that you're going to be hearing our number two tomorrow. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, if at all possible, guys, stay safe and stay healthy out there if you can. And, uh, you know, be smart, even if it goes against your nature.
2: he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes.
3: I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the truth.
2: Gotta be free the way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn went Taking your right to self-defense They say you're safe, but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn into guns All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've got to be free. The way God
0: Broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. And I know that's getting harder and harder with each passing day of the Biden administration, but it doesn't stop me from being optimistic and hoping that maybe you found some way to find a little joy in your life. With you as always, I am, of course, your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host Tim Tap. I'm coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, time of the live broadcast, for the benefit of those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio stations across the country, uh, happens to be Sunday, February 20th. It is 2022. It's somewhere around 3-ish p.m. Eastern time. You, of course, can adjust your time zone accordingly. When I first went on air, this is the second hour of the live broadcast. First went on, there was still Cover to cover. Uh, uh, just minute to minute watching of cameras in key areas on the uh, Ukrainian-Russian border. Uh, yeah, so war hadn't just broke out just yet, but there was breaking news just before I went on there that according to U.S. intelligence, the order has already been given. They're free now. The generals on the ground are free to make their final preparations and that they are agreeing to invade. So we'll see what happens. I think it'd be really great to see how close to the uh, final closing of the Olympic uh, ceremonies today that that matches up with when Russia goes on in. Because I really do think that little meeting that uh, Xi Jinping and uh, Vladimir had uh, just before the Olympics kicked off Probably was a a conversation about, hey, could you hold off on invading uh, Ukraine until after the Olympics are over? Because that would kind of embarrass us if you took all that news away from us. They're going to be watching you over there anyway. So anyway, we talked about that back in the first hour, along with uh, talking about the Canadian freedom trucker situation. And, of course, this young reporter who was shot in the leg with a rubber bullet by police assaulted By the Ottawa police, Uh, she was reporting for Rebel News. So I'm sure uh, anybody with Rebel News credentials is probably on a target list for tyrant Emperor Trudeau uh, and all of his little minions. I'm very, very concerned for our brothers and sisters to the north. Uh, I I just – you don't see very many occasions where a government will assume certain power and they ever just willingly – Give it up. It just almost never happens. Uh, it, it's, it's getting scary up there in a very short amount of time. Uh, declared himself emperor on Monday and sent in uh, the police to start the process of clearing things out on Friday. And here we are on Sunday and all this quiet in the streets in Ottawa have been taken back. Several arrested and several more who will be. That's been made clear. We also talked about Mr. Quintez Brown, uh, his attempt on Louisville mayoral candidate looking to primary the current Democratic mayor, Mr. Craig Greenberg. Touched on a little bit of what might have been his motivation for targeting Greenberg. Then we also talked about the bigger deal, and that is why it was the local branch of Black Lives Matter Incorporated. Why they are the ones that bailed this guy out when he's clearly dangerous. I mean, I really do understand the need for bail reform. I really do understand how bail has been used to unfairly target poor people, regardless of color. You don't have to be black to have been a victim of a high bail. You can tell you're being victimized by the system when you've committed a nonviolent crime or misdemeanor, and yet the bail is set nearly as high or sometimes higher than a violent crime. I would imagine there should be some very clear distinctions between possession of an illegal drug and possession of an illegal drug with the intent to distribute. You kind of know if I've just got enough for me or just picked up some for a party later for me, my friend, my girlfriend, whatever, as opposed to, yeah, I'm actually involved in the business. I would imagine that there should be significant differences in bail between somebody that, uh, I don't know, was drinking and driving, crashed their car and didn't hurt anybody, compared to somebody who uh, just committed uh, multiple rapes and murders. I don't know. As a good example of something recently, how about mowed down people with their vehicle that were in a parade? Yeah, just, just an example. Not real sure where. I. Seems like that's a familiar story for somebody. Maybe you guys can help me out with that, he said very sarcastically. So we talked about those things, and I, I would love for you, if you missed it, to visit me at tapintothetruth.com or go wherever you listen to podcasts and go back and listen to the first hour and hear that. I'd greatly appreciate it. Meanwhile, we've got more things to get to, and so we shall. And we'll start off with the great news that Walmart has decided they're going to offer more and more rollback deals uh, because of inflation. This isn't bad news, per se. I'm a little sarcastic on this because it seems like, I don't know, maybe they could have started this earlier. Or maybe they could start putting some of their political clout to work at actually trying to help put people in office that are going to pursue policies that would reduce inflation as opposed to exacerbate it. But, you know, you can only expect so much from from Walmart, right? Since Sam Walton passed on, uh, the kids are all about the money. Okay, so the deal here is that Walmart is officially offering more rollback deals As inflation continues to just drain consumers' wallets. This past month, the Consumer Price Index, which, of course, for those of you who may be listening for the first time and maybe don't know, that tracks uh, the costs that are faced by the typical American family. Now, it attained its highest rate of increase since February of 1982 this past month. The Core CPI, which does not even take into account the highly volatile categories of food and energy, it still increased by 6% in year-to-year percentages. Which means that comparing the same month last year to the same month this year, over 6% as of February. Now, Although many Americans are bringing home nominally larger paychecks, as, of course, the economy continues to do its best to recover despite the best efforts of Joe Biden, soaring inflation is outpacing any wage growth that has been accomplished. Essentially eroding the purchasing power of any American household out there, real average hourly earnings decreased by roughly 2.4% from December of 2020 to December of 2021. Now, Walmart recently released its total revenue for last year, which ended up coming in at just a smidge north of $572.8 billion. A 2.4% increase saw a 3.1% increase in its grocery Uh, section and sales. They feel like now it might be time to start offering stuff. Now, Walmart already saves itself a ton of money by going out there and sourcing from China. It sources the cheapest stuff it can. Now, when Sam Walton was in charge of the Walmart, it was all made in the USA. They never made a change in its sourcing until after his death. And for the first few years after Sam Walton's death, after his passing, the children that were in charge tried to uphold the value, and they started saying, well, here's the deal. We're going to continue to source American-made products for as long as we can, when we can, but we're still going to try to bring you the best value. So sometimes that means it's not going to be made in the U.S.A., and over time, it slowly went from just a few things here and there made outside of the country to now nearly everything that you will find in a Walmart, including produce in the groceries uh, sections in a super Walmart, has been sourced from outside of the USA. And they've done this in the name of reducing their bottom line so whatever they charged is still going to be at a high profit margin for them on an individual basis. Also, a huge reason why they're spending more money Uh, on uh, people greeting at the doors and checking receipts than having cashiers operate. Is there a Walmart left in this country that has more than a couple of manned aisles? I mean, it started out with just a few self-checkout, and then there was more, and then more, and now they don't even really want to man the uh, customer return or the customer service area. Rather, you're just uh, to do that uh, automated, too. But they still want to make sure somebody's down there to check your receipt. It's like, hey, excuse me, either if you're going to make me an unwilling uh, employee where I have to do part of what you should be doing, if you're going to trust me enough to check myself out, you need to trust me enough that that's what I've done. Otherwise, get somebody trained, pay them an hourly wage, and get them on a cash register and let them check me out. That should be the mentality. Sorry, Walmart, until you do that, I'm not listening to your whiny, whiny business. All right, I wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, little ongoing beef dust-up between AOC and Tucker Carlson. Uh, It's kind of funny. I I was going to talk some, too, uh, briefly about how now some over at CNN are trying to say that Joe Rogan's use of the N-word is on par with the January 6th Event, Which, of course, them being a leftist writing this, they naturally believe that that's a horrible, uh, possibly darkest day in American history ever. It's worse than 9-11 and uh, Pearl Harbor put together. So now Joe Rogan using the N-word in the context that he did. You need to keep that in mind, too, if you're not familiar with that story. They got so much backlash from it, thankfully, that they've actually changed the headline of the article. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that for a little while because I thought that was hilarious. And I was going to actually broach that topic with Ron Edwards if we had been able to have our regular uh, conversation for today. But stuff came up. Uh, I would have loved to have gotten his take on it. Might have even brought this story up. But here's the deal. On Friday, Tucker Carlson decided he needed to talk about this upcoming new book that broaches the topic of AOC. So the Fox News host mocked Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez during the show uh, in response to an early copy that he got of the New York Magazine's new book called Take Up Space, The Unprecedented AOC. Now the book opens up literally by comparing Ocasio-Cortez to Jesus. And then, uh, a little bit later, it suggests that because she once got second place in a high school science competition, uh, that she should have, could have, gone on to win a Nobel Prize. Carlson said this during the show. Made a few other comments. Uh, Another thing in here. No one has done more, personally, to degrade Americans womanhood than Sandy Cortez has. She's living proof that 60 years of feminist liberation did not work. Sandy Cortez is not empowered. She's neurotic and silly. She's far more frivolous than any 1950s housewife ever was. June Cleaver was a more serious person. At least she made dinner. The funniest of all was hearing Cortez describe herself as a woman of color. She often does. No one ever dares to challenge that description, but every honest person knows it is hilariously absurd. Carlson then added, saying, There is no place on earth outside of America, outside of American colleges, and newsrooms where Sandy Cortez would be recognized as a, quote, woman of color. Because she's not. She's a rich, entitled white lady. She's the pampered, obnoxious ski bunny in the matching snowsuit who tells you to put up, pull up your mask while you're standing in the line at Jackson Hole. They're all the same. It doesn't matter what shade they are. So, Tucker decided to, to go all in. Tucker called out AOC. And Personally, I thought it was kind of humorous. Thought about possibly just playing the audio from the video clip. Thought about it. Decided better of it. The, uh, the situation gets kind of screwy when it comes to what audio can and can't be played. I know I still get... Some cease and desist and copyright violations on just some of these little sampled snippets that I play at various times. But see, not long after Tucker Carlson made these statements, which I think in a lot of ways rings very true. She does obviously have a Hispanic background. But she also looks very light. And she behaves very much like a privileged rich person. She behaves very much like somebody that expects that she shouldn't have to actually work for a living. Despite her best efforts of having done so. Beside her efforts to actually have been an entrepreneur at one time. Who unfortunately failed in the endeavor. Ended up having to bartend and then suddenly decided that capitalism was a horrible thing. Capitalism doesn't work. Why? Because it didn't work for her one time. She tried one time. She didn't learn anything from the failed experience and go try again. You know the difference between a successful entrepreneur and an unsuccessful one? How many times they got back up after having failed. Nobody goes out having that magical, mystical, imaginary, overnight sensation, overnight success One-time, big-time hit that just comes out of nowhere and sustains you forever. Nobody does that. The few folks that do manage to hit a high level of success in their first endeavor still normally sees that endeavor burn out quickly, almost as fast as they rose. And then you have to learn to do something else. You have to learn to pivot. You have to learn from where you make mistakes, because you're going to make mistakes. Sorry, AOC, but you are still a human being. But you decided, rather than face rejection, rather than face failure, rather than learn from what is undoubtedly the greatest teacher that exists, that, again, being failure, you chose to blame the system, and you chose to blame everybody, and you went from running to run your own publishing company, to deciding... You would much rather be an actress pretending to be a representative. So you answered a casting call for the Justice Democrats. Or more to the point, you answered that casting call after your brother found it for you. What was what was AOC's response? She, she did decide she had to respond. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez responded late on Friday after this had aired the first time by calling Carlson a naughty word in Spanish. Although, I I will give her credit. She didn't actually say the word. She just kind of references it. said a word that starts with P and ends with hindejo. So she just left a, a, a little bit of separation there. Basically, called Tucker a uh, well word I probably shouldn't say, but at this point, most of you probably know. So that's real mature, AOC. I definitely proving that you are indeed the adult in the room. You are indeed the person of the greatest intellect and the greatest power and authority. Fantastic, amazing, wild and crazy. Such a such a fresh face, such a bold voice, such strong leadership. I'm gonna call you a a name. I'm gonna call you a bad word. And I'm gonna prove my uh my person of color bona fides by saying it in Spanish, even though I've wrote the entirety of the tweet in English. Yeah, okay, way to go. Now, this is ordinarily the kind of pettiness that I don't even uh, brooch here. Uh, I'm sure. <coughs> excuse me, that one kind of snuck up on me. I'm sure a lot of you are thinking that Tim, we've heard stuff like this happen before that you've never mentioned. But you see, the thing about this particular instance, this is just so quintessential AOC. This is just so clear why she is the exact opposite of how she's portrayed in this book. She literally helps to make Tucker Carlson's case for him. Literally, this is why she is not a statesman or statesperson or states whatever the PC term is now. But I'm sure she would insist that we use. This is why she is not the kind of person that you should put in charge of your bar tab, let alone in charge of any type of national budgeting issue, concern. Don't want her in charge of leading uh, the charge for any type of legislation of any import to you. This is what you got, in New York. This is what you voted for. This is what you put in office. Somebody who thinks it's perfectly cool to call someone a deo with other letters going in front of it than to just simply say, I'm sorry that uh, Tucker Carlson doesn't agree with this particular book. But then considering who Tucker Carlson is and where he works, it's not surprising he would find issue with it and his personal attacks should be considered with the same weight and merit as his political ideology now if you did that okay statesman like you make your point you defend yourself you didn't call anybody any names you sounded like you were one of the adults in the room you didn't win any snarky gotcha points which of course is all that twitter is for for these folks she didn't get to come across as the glib, carefree, wild card that she wants to be perceived as. But she might actually start looking, acting, and sounding just a little bit of like an elected US member of the House, a U.S. representative in the House of Representatives. Yeah, just just throwing that out there, AOC. If you want people to take you more seriously than June Cleaver. Maybe you should start to at least act like you respect somebody as much as you like yourself. I, I think that might be helpful anyway. All right, I know it's just a smidge early, but I almost never get to do this early. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go ahead and start the mid-hour break. Although, breaking news as of this moment, I'm still expecting to join Ron Edwards on the Ron Edwards American Experience for the Sunday broadcast. But now it looks like I may be guest hosting for Dr. Rand for uh, in touch as uh, Dr. Wren is currently under the weather. So, going to try to make that happen a little later. So, those of you that listen to The Last Frequency, uh, feel free to tune in to, to that episode as I'll try to fill the rather uh, large shoes vacated by Dr. Wren, uh, at least temporarily. Meanwhile, you guys stay right where you're at. Uh, keep listening. This is Tim Tapp. This is Tapping to the Truth, and I'm back after this very brief break.
1: Right in the report. Uh, successful dump. I dropped everything at the dump. It all worked out. And by the way, I got a second load. Guys, coming. Anybody wants to help me unload? My mother believed, and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be. I could be vice president. My mother and father believed. Look, John's last-minute economic plan does nothing to tackle the number one job facing the middle class, and it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word. Jobs. J O B S Jobs. Joe, you want to administer the oath? Am I doing this again? For the so senior, senior staff. staff. Yes. All right. A number so of cabinet members have heard it. <laughs> My memory is not as good as Justice Roberts. Chief Justice Roberts does, does anyone have the no, I and thank you, uh. Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor, or Dr. Paper, and thank you, Chancellor. But the Taoiseach knows a lot about it. His mom uh, lived in, uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's, still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. I got to get
5: this straight.
3: Throughout American history until recent decades, each generation passed down the importance of personal responsibility, which is one of the main components of true liberty. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Urban Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Brown's Coffee, liberty is freedom with responsibility. If there are any positive observations one can enumerate concerning the brutal coronavirus scandal that has been used by big government, big insurance, big pharma, and big hospitals like Beaumont Hospital in Royal Oak, Michigan, to try and take control of our personal health decisions, including whether we should accept being forced to take shots that allegedly do nothing to prevent the spread of a man-made coronavirus, but rather spreads spike proteins that are potentially harmful to anyone who comes in close contact with those who obediently Took the jab. The good news in the midst of all of this madness is that more and more Americans are taking personal responsibility for their own health and are rediscovering freedom with responsibility. I'm Ron Edwards. For constitutional grounds coffee, simply go to Blue Ridge CoffeeCrafters.com.
0: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America.
5: America.
3: Regime leader Joe Biden has warned Americans that a Russian invasion of Ukraine over there will affect Americans here. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Regime leader Biden went on to say in a recent speech, quote, I will not pretend this will not be painless. He may not be aware, but since the day Biden's regime was installed, it has been anything but painless. Up to now, he alone is responsible for any energy supply shortcomings and high prices we, the people here, are having to put up with. Because he, Biden, shut down our Keystone Pipeline and gave approval for Russia to connect an energy pipeline to Germany, while also forbidding drilling for oil on federal lands and shutting down licensing for oil drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. By the way, I'm still wondering why the federal government owns up to 70% of the land mass in some states like Utah and turned over our national parks and some cities like New York City to the United Nations. Mm. I'm Ron Edwards. For constitutional grounds coffee, simply go to Blue Ridge Coffee Crafters.com.
0: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Two quick matters before we jump back into the show. Uh, One of them, of course, being the fact that here we are, ladies and gentlemen, and I need to remind you that... Spring is just around the corner. Getting outside is one of the best things you can do. Building memories with family or just getting away from it all. Something stands out above everything else. As far as being handy, uh, that's being one heck of a cooler. And in this case, I'm talking about blue coolers. Yeah, If you're in the market for a new cooler, you can't go wrong with checking out blue coolers. Trust me, all the quality of that... uh, you know the uh, Himalayan Sasquatch brand. You know the what I'm talking about. All the quality of those guys, but at roughly about half the cost. A win-win for everybody, and we can add one more win to it if you'll go to today's show description, copy the link that is listed there, and paste that link in its entirety. ...into your web browser and go visit and see everything they have to offer, uh, including merchandise and other cool stuff. Uh, You'll be happy you did, and you'll you'll help out this show if you use that particular link, because that's how they know I sent you. If you decide to make a purchase, then I get a a very tiny commission, very, very little. It, It doesn't affect your cost whatsoever. It's getting pulled out of their marketing budget. So, you know, just let them know that it's a good idea to continue to uh, have an affiliation with this broadcast. That's great. And then the other thing I'd like to mention one more time, as I did back in the first hour, is the fact that in July, A.J. Rice's new book, The Woking Dead, will be available. It will drop then and there are already opportunities to pre-order it on Amazon. I'm going to put a link in today's show description that will allow you to visit that page uh, over at Amazon. And if you decide, hey, you just can't wait to see if you might be one of the lucky winners that uh, gets to be part of the giveaway, as I have not yet fully established what's going to be going on, what the giveaway is going to entail just yet, I'm still conferring with a few other folks, see how they want to address it. But definitely want to make sure that we get some listeners at KYAH and some listeners in Oklahoma and some listeners from The Last Frequency and some folks that are listening specifically at Spotify and at iHeartRadio and some various other places. We'll set up all the different rules and we'll set it up in a fashion so that we can make sure what pools you're, you're being drawn from. But definitely want to make sure there will be multiple winners but there will be one copy of the book available to you when we do have that uh when we do have that giveaway. However, if you decide you just can't wait or if you're afraid that maybe you won't win in the drawings or however we end up uh, doing that, then go ahead and pre-order today. Because guess what? Worst case scenario, you pre-order You get to be one of the people that get a brand new copy of the book. And you might still be a winner of a free copy from me. And if you have two copies, that just means you can do that much more, including give it as a gift or hang on to it as a backup copy or possibly even at some point in time meet A.J. Rice and have him sign it for you. Whatever you want to do, just say it. Okay, now let's get back to the show. There's a story that I came across Friday and was going to talk with you guys about it then, but uh, things kind of transpired where I didn't get around to doing that. I haven't seen or heard very much in the way of reporting about it since then. Uh, So if there's been any further updates that I'm not aware of that you've come across, feel free to share those with me because I have a great deal of interest in the story, and I'm quite surprised it's not getting more coverage than what I've seen. But there is a... D.C. police officer who's been suspended for a rather odd reason. And we'll get into that. A 22-year veteran of the D.C. police force has been suspended and is currently under investigation by not only his police department, but also by the FBI and the Biden Justice Department. Four, here's the big crime, wait for it, reportedly working with a leader of the Proud Boys to defuse potentially violent confrontations with left-wing groups like Antifa. Okay. that. This police officer recognized the fact that it's better for his communities, that it's better for Washington, D.C.'s residents, for there not to be clashes between the Proud Boys and Antifa. Now, for those of you that are under the mistaken impression that the Proud Boys are a white supremacist organization that's out there marching and uh, creating mayhem, uh, allow me to correct that. Allow me to dispel you of that notion. The Proud Boys is a group that was formed in order to start pushing back against the violence of Antifa. You see, Antifa was going out in certain places and they were handpicking certain folks that they thought would be easy targets. They literally were like a pack of hyenas. Sometimes they guessed right, sometimes they guessed wrong. And it was really entertaining to see these Antifa thugs pick somebody that actually looked like they should have been an easy target, but ended up being anything but and usually laying the smackdown on. On the Antifa thugs. Now, it was fun seeing that. It really was. Not because I'm a fan of violence. I don't want that kind of thing on the streets anywhere. But if somebody is intent to go out and insult someone, to see them get their comeuppance in real time rather than have to wait for law enforcement to come show up and maybe do something, maybe not, depending on the city, depending on the mayor, depending on all these other political factors of, oh, no, they're just fighting against tyranny. They're just fighting against racism. They're just fighting against bad, bad things. So we have to give them a pass. No, they're out there uh, randomly selecting somebody because maybe they wore a red hat. Well, you know, a red baseball hat. Clearly, they're racist and terrorist and, and, and Trump supporters, I don't know about you guys, but I've got several freaking red baseball caps uh, that existed well before I knew uh, who the heck Donald Trump was. And certainly well before he got into politics. These people would occasionally pick on folks just because they had a red hat. So, again, a group of guys got together and decided, hey, you know what? Somebody needs to start pushing back. Somebody needs to make sure that they're there to stand between those guys And the innocent people that they would victimize. And hence the Proud Boys were born. They're not white supremacists. They're not for tyrannical ideology. They're not for uh, the pro-Nazi, pro-Trudeau kind of behavior. No, 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 no. They just were anti-Antifa. That's it. That's its founding. Now, they've grown a little, expanded more beyond that, but that's still their primary purpose. So if you still believe mistakenly that the Proud Boys are a white supremacy group, you're wrong. If you still believe mistakenly that the Proud Boys are a terrorist group, you're wrong. They're not violent by nature, but they are prepared to physically defend people that might be targeted by Antifa. And so this police officer, Mr. Shane Lamond, a lieutenant in the intelligence branch of the D.C. police, a father of three, this individual recognized the fact that it might behoove the police of D.C. as a whole to prevent interactions that would lead to violence. He was smart enough to realize, unlike his predecessors, that it might be a slight risk Because it did appear for some period of time that there were certain mayors in some cities that wanted the Proud Boys to come smack dab in the middle to a a direct face-to-face confrontation hoping for violence so they could try to paint the violent label all over the Proud Boys and ignore the fact that nine times out of ten that it's Antifa that starts the violence. They just don't sit back and take it. Doesn't matter. The media is going to help them with that. They want these... Incidents to occur. So apparently. Shane here got in trouble. Suspended and is being investigated. Because he decided. To be in touch with part of the leadership. Of the Proud Boys. He's been put on leave. Amid an investigation. Into alleged improper contacts. With a prominent member. Of the extremist group. Proud Boys. This is from a report in the Washington Post. Few details have been disclosed by authorities, though officers anonymously told the Post that Lamond potentially had communications with Proud Boy's leader. Now, here's the thing according to Proud Boy leadership and according to the officer, that communication occurred in an effort to try and prevent conflict on the streets presumably a fair investigation would discover this to be the case. Now, I do have to admit, I have mixed feelings. If you've been given a direct order, do not be in contact with people from this group. Uh, We do not want to be affiliated with them in any way. We don't want to look like we're condoning their activities, especially if they're a group that, you know, for better or for worse, sometimes they were kind of going out looking for a fight. They were looking to step up and, and have that physicality. That That's admittedly happened on a few occasions. Still, they made every effort not to be the first person to throw a punch. They made every effort to make sure that it was never about them directly opposing Antifa that started violence. But if you're kind of looking for something, you're probably going to find something in the way of this kind of trouble. So... Maybe there's good reason why uh, police would want members of the police force not to be in communication. But this guy was part of the intelligence division. Meaning it was literally his job to make contact with these type folks in the best interest of offering the best policing of the community, the best effort to provide safety to the community. It sounds to me like based on what information has been released, which is why I'm also looking for more reporting on this to find out if there is something more to it, because I really, really hope that there's something more to it. But we're talking about the District of Columbia Police Department, aren't we? where it certainly makes a whole lot more sense that you would discourage your officers from finding a peaceful resolution when it comes to Proud Boys versus Antifa. Now, they don't want peaceful resolutions between BLM and local police officers. At some point, these cops are going to have to wake up and realize that they're playing for the wrong team as long as they have a mayor who wants to politicize that type of behavior. But if his only crime here is that he was helping to direct the Proud Boys so that they avoided conflict, so that there wasn't violence on the streets, so that there wasn't this horrific possibility that people who had nothing to do with either group got caught up in the conflict, then it seems to me like this is activity worthy of praise not to be suspended and placed under investigation. And again, I'm back into full cynical mode where I have a very difficult time imagining that if they do come out and release in a report after their investigations that he was involved with trying to orchestrate criminal activity and orchestrate violence, trying to let them know where Antifa was going to be so that they could confront them instead of so they could avoid them, I'm still not necessarily going to be that quick to believe them. And I don't think you should be either because they've got a hard, hard explanation to come up with if it turns out that he really was just trying to avoid violence on the streets and that's why you're going to suspend a police officer? A 22-year veteran who understands that this public safety is their primary responsibility? That's literally the job as it should be? I mean, we talk about law enforcement. We talk about uh, justice of the peace. We talk about a lot of things when it comes to what we expect of law enforcement officers, depending on the jurisdiction and what, what actual facilities they work for, what departments they work for, what level of government they're answerable to. But ultimately, public safety is the primary reason to have police. Now, I would ordinarily be somewhat concerned about hearing that a police force has an intelligence branch. Seems like that's uh, overticking the plumbing. Plumbing, Overticking the plumbing. I do speak English uh, as a first language, strangely enough. Seems like you're really working too hard to uh, overdo things for most police forces to have an intelligence division. However larger cities, especially the place like D.C., where espionage is always a possibility, it might help to have someone who not only would have expertise in intelligence gathering, but also could work as a liaison to federal agencies that would need such information so that they could properly do their jobs when it's something that doesn't fall under the jurisdiction of the D.C. police. Seems like maybe that's not such... A far-fetched notion, after all. Maybe it's even a good thing. But if all this guy did was have contact with the leader of the Proud Boys, gave them information so that they could avoid uh, this type of activity, this type of violence, man, oh, man. seems like there should be more to it. So I'm going to ask you guys to help me out with this. I want you guys to stay on the lookout uh, for this story. Let me know if you see it being covered by more places. I I haven't seen very much coverage of the story, and I would love to know the follow-up that comes through with this. Now, a couple of quick hits before we close out this second hour. Uh, I wanted to basically go over just a smidge of the fact that uh, Bill Gates was caught saying that, sadly... Uh, The Omicron variant of COVID-19 seems to be working uh, better than the vaccines did at getting people's immunity levels up. I kind of can't help but wonder, why is that a sad thing? Mother Nature has better solutions than we can come up with most of the time anyway. But, of course, Bill Gates being Bill Gates, uh, we need to get everybody uh, jabbed, right? need to get everybody squared away. Uh, Also of interest, and one more time, let me actually hit the sound effect this time and see if it'll work on time. I I say that because the last few times I've hit that button, there's been a delay. We're back in the conspiracy corner because now a modeling agent who was accused of trafficking girls to Jeffrey Epstein for part of his activities. Well, this modeling agent was uh, found dead in prison. In a cell where the cameras weren't working. Funny enough, the French government has refused... Absolutely refused to acknowledge whether that's even true at this point. But it's out there. It's just really, really weird, isn't it? The cameras weren't working. They were in jail. Supposedly committed suicide. Hmm... As saying, a reason to fuel the fires. Conspiracy continues. French officials declining to confirm that Epstein Associate died in prison from suicide. Uh, one more quick hit, too. Netflix has made a new announcement about Dave Chappelle. Evidently Dave Chappelle's still making too much money for Netflix. They don't want him necessarily running uh his own comedy special next up, but he's got Four episodes of a new comedy special series where he's going to be hand-selecting guys that he thinks is really funny, and he's going to introduce them, and then they're going to do their comedy specials. Uh, The first two have been uh, formally announced, so we know who's going to be in them. Uh, It's easy enough to find this out if you want to take a peek. I just think that, uh, I think this is just another thumb in the eye of those uh, folks that are all torn up, about Dave Chappelle uh, still finding a home on Netflix. I think it, uh, it's phenomenal, actually. <laughs> I was like, hey, keep it up, Chappelle. And, you know, I, I haven't seen very much reason to be very supportive and positive about Netflix, but uh, I, that's actually one. I'm going to give Netflix props on that. And speaking of giving props, there's one more thing I probably ought to do. I've got a few minutes. I uh, probably should discuss this. We We talked about Tyrant Trudeau, Emperor of Canada's uh, reaction and how he finally cleared out the streets using violence and even shooting reporters in the leg with rubber bullets and, and all that. We talked about that, but what we didn't get a chance to talk about is something that may never happen again, but something that happened for the very first time. Ilhan Omar made a statement regarding how media was dealing with the doxing of individuals who had made contributions to the Freedom Convoy. She basically came out and said, point blank, look, uh, you're trying to take this information that was illegally gained and you're trying to run with it to uh, destroy people's lives just because you don't agree with them. That should be unacceptable anywhere. Reporters, journalists... Do better. So hey, it is a momentous occasion. Uh, It's just it was a couple of days ago, so I almost forgot about it. Don't know how that can happen. Now I do try to make a point when some of these folks say something or do something that's worthy of acknowledgement even though I don't necessarily know exactly how much they mean it. I want you to take it for what it's worth, but I do want to acknowledge it when it happens because I don't want to be accused, as I have been anyway and probably will continue to be, but I don't want to be um, credibly accused of being part of an echo chamber. I want to make sure that you're aware. Uh, Ilhan Omar actually said, journalists do better when it came to the effort to dox these people. And to try to hurt them in their personal lives and, and to destroy them personally and, and professionally. She came out in defense of free speech, even though it kind of was an issue in Canada that wouldn't really affect you too much. And uh, it's still an opportunity to criticize the media. So, you know, uh, leftists typically don't like a free press. So maybe there's some ulterior motives. There might be. But regardless of whether or not there are ulterior motives, whether or not there are other reasons to be suspicious, she did say it, and she seemed emphatic about it. She seemed to mean it. So yes, journalists in Canada, journalists here in the U.S., when it comes to stuff like this, you should listen to Ohan Omar. You should do better. It's not your job to dox people. It's not your job to decide... What charities are acceptable? And and it's not your job to decide where we, the people, decide to send our hard-earned dollars that the democratic parts of our government seem to believe is really all theirs and we should just shut up and be happy they let us keep any of it. Your job as a journalist is to set back and report strongly on what the Trudeau administration is doing to crack down on protesters that up until Trudeau decided it's a protest against him would have been a perfectly legal protest. And the same thing here. You should be prepared to make a differential between what constitutes the difference between a protest and a riot. What constitutes the difference between a riot and a riot. And an insurrection. And what constitutes the difference between reality on the ground and political theater. If you guys could do a much better job of that. If you would just follow Ilhan Omar's words and do better, then the country as a whole would be a lot better off. But hey, that's just me. Don't think I'm alone on that assessment, though. And that's going to be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Don't forget to listen to the Ron Edwards American Experience, uh, where I'm slated to be a guest today. And don't forget to check out The Last Frequency. Uh, You can find them at thelastfrequency.com, where I will be guest hosting In Touch for Dr. Ran. Uh, Be doing that starting at 8 p.m. Eastern On today, uh, Sunday, uh, February 20th. If you missed it, you missed a lot. May actually put that up as a bonus issue for the podcast listeners, though. So uh, feel free to check it out. We'll see where we are. I may retouch some of these. May just go in completely new directions, depending on what's happened since last I signed off. In the meanwhile, thank you guys for listening, as always. I greatly appreciate it. And remember, whatever else you do, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely... Don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and more importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the
5: truth. There was once upon a, a time that to be a Republican in this area of the country felt a little bit, by, a bit like being Gary Cooper in High Noon, out <laughs> outnumbered in a big way. But I remember the story of a fellow who was running for office as a republican and he was in a rural area and it wasn't known to be republican and he stopped by a farm to do some campaigning and when the farmer heard he was a republican his jaw dropped and he said wait right here till i go get ma she's never seen a republican before so he got her, and the candidate looked around for a podium from which to give his speech and the only thing he could find was A pile of that stuff that best Truman took 35 years trying to get Harry to call fertilizer (laughs) so he got up on the mound and when they came back he gave his speech and at the end of it the farmer said that's the first time i ever heard a republican speech and the candidate said that's the first time i've ever given a republican speech from a democratic platform (laughs)